stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome back to Administrative Static. Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchioni with you. And today we are joined by our colleague here at the New Civil Liberties Alliance Litigation Council, Kara Rollins. And, and Kara, we don't usually have people on to uh, to, to, to brag about a loss. But uh, in this case, uh, it's, it's sort of good news that we got from the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, they have denied a petition for rulemaking that NCLA had filed Five years ago? Five years ago. Or more than that? A little, a little more bit, than that? Five and a hair. <laughs> we'll give them five, yeah. And so tell us, uh, what was the uh, what was the petition concerning and why might it be good news that, uh, uh, that this was denied? All right. So back in the 70s, uh, the SEC adopted what we call a housekeeping rule. Uh, it's just sort of passed, put into the Federal Register. And what it effectively said is, we, the SEC, have this policy that we're not going to let defendants or enforcement targets settle with us on a no-admit, no-deny basis unless they sort of never disparage this no-admit, no-deny. And I think that some of your listeners might piece together, well, if you're not admitting and you're not denying, why can't you talk? Right. Um, according to the SEC, it's and when the SEC has and, never proven that you did anything and, wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And so what ends up happening as a result of that is the SEC's word is the last one, the complaint they file, the press release they issue, what have you. And they insist that you pull back any papers that you filed in the proceeding, which would be the other public record of you having Judicial files. So Judicial if, you, file. if you filed a motion to dismiss, let's say, or you got to summary judgment and you settled later— you're supposed to affirmatively go to the court and seek to have all of those taken down from the public record. I mean, the chutzpah of it is just unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's almost, uh, I mean, John, I think you were the one who said uh, you're, you're surprised that this Nixon-era gag rule has lasted as long as it <laughs> That's has. true. And I, I, I noticed when this happened, I didn't know. I've noticed from the dissent that Bill Casey put it in there. And he was then later with the CIA. Reagan's CIA director yeah, during Iran-Contra, right? He was, he was not a man who liked a lot of um, of free play of information. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Might be an understatement <clears throat> for <Yeah>. you. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, we, we filed a petition for rulemaking, which the Administrative Procedure Act has this great function that allows you to file petitions for rulemaking. And essentially, you can say to an agency, I think you need a rule that does X, or you can do what we did and say, your your rule, Y, has a problem. Please amend it or rescind it altogether. And one of the problems with petitions for rulemaking is that over time, at least, the Supreme Court has said, well, you have a right to petition the government on the First Amendment. You don't have a right to response. I think that's ahistorical. There's a lot of scholars who have written on this. The court's never specifically looked at that issue. So what ends up happening is you have the statutory right to send a petition in, and the courts over time have sort of pieced together, well, you know, if they don't answer you in five or six years, and you can come to us and ask for relief, and we'll tell them to act. Um, and so it just it just languished, right? Because the agency doesn't have to respond to you, at least that's their interpretation. And I think what you see is they try to get away with it for as long as possible. 
I looked at these numbers last spring. The SEC, to their credit, is one of the few agencies that puts their petitions out publicly. Um, less than 10% ever get acted on, and that's look at like a five-year look back. Wow. Um, and you're talking 70 or 80 petitions that they receive. So it's a demonstrably small amount. So we sort of thought we would never actually hear a response from them. I think when I was on the show in December talking about our subsequent petition, like, hey, guys, did you forget about us? <laughs> I think my line was, I dare you to deny it, you cowards. And here we are. They've denied it. And on my birthday, no less. <laughs> Administrative static gets results. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so, and so, you know. We now was, know who's listening. <laughs> yeah. It was, well, if you're listening, Gary, it was a terrible birthday present, but I want to commend Commissioner uh, Hester Pierce for her absolutely scathing dissent. And to, to Mark's point, you know, one of the things that we talk about as lawyers is like, yeah, you can lose, but the things that go up further, that the courts look at, the courts of appeal, the Supreme Court look at, if there is a well-articulated dissent that is rational and can sort of cause somebody to raise an eyebrow further up the appellate chain, that's the best thing that you can get as a litigator. And what ha Commissioner Pierce has done here is just... Unbelievable. I mean, you look at the footnotes of this, her and her team, before putting this together, they have read everything about the gag rule that we and others have filed since 2018. She's it citing, sure looks that way. Yeah. She's citing uh, amicus briefs in our cert petition from a couple years ago. I mean, like this is in the weeds stuff. So, I mean, I, I commend her. She clearly knows this issue. She clearly has thought about this issue. And she called the rest of the commissioners to task. Um, you know, one of the things that they, they say in their letter, their denial to us is, well, we don't really see a problem with this. We don't want people out, you know, disparaging the agency and our accusations. And that's deeply problematic and have problems for the market. And she essentially, in a lot of this dissent, says it's unbecoming of the commission to curb speech of others, to not accept criticism. And then she talks a lot about one of the main issues here. So the way these get is when you sign a consent, there's a provision in there that says all these things. You can't, you know, no admit, no deny, and you can't disparage it or you can't call the complaint into question. You have to take these down. You have to make sure, and she makes a lot of this, and I think it's important, you have to make sure that other people don't talk on your behalf to call it right. into question. Right. So it's the like, rule says you even have to make sure that other people yeah. aren't. Into, so it's like so touching what am I supposed to do? Tell third my, party behavior right. that's not before the court and it's not before the commission. Um, and pure, people and people who were not signatories to the settlement. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you Giving know, their first they're not. Rights. Yeah, they're not bound by it. But I mean, so when you talk about this, like I said, the chutzpah of it all is like the commission thinks that this is well, four of the commissioners think that this is perfectly OK. And the last one I'd like to think is the only rational one who's like, there are huge problems here. It's embarrassing to us. It's bad policy, right? Because we're not having conversations about what the agency is actually doing to the people best able to speak. Well, and all of the problems that the SEC has had in the last couple of years with, uh, you know, with the illegality that's been mm -hmm. happening there, gee, maybe it's because there hasn't been enough sunshine and enough free speech happening around the different antics that the SEC has been engaged in. So right. I, I think that from a, from a situational standpoint, what better time to encourage uh, the courts to say, hey, wait a minute, we need more speech around SEC behavior. Yeah, I mean, there could have been a real canary in the coal mine 5, 10, 15 years ago 
calling into question their enforcement practices. And, yeah, that, and that canary's long happen. dead. Yeah, gone. <laughs> Kaput. <laughs> Pining for the fjords. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and so, you know, from, from our perspective, it's, it's, it's also good because we have, not only do we have clients involved in this, we get contacted, myself and Peggy Little, who, who works on this issue and has been just an absolute force to be reckoned with. Yeah, props to Peggy. She filed the original petition in October of 2018. And just hasn't stopped since then. I mean, we get contacted regularly about this issue from people who are subject to them or attorneys who are trying to navigate this or whatever. This is a massive problem, and we are cutting out critical speech at a time, like you said, that the SEC is just going wild. And particularly as they start expanding into crypto and all these other things, this is when you know, public discourse, public debate should be at its absolute zenith. And they've just said, no, we're fine. And what's curious about the denial letter we got, and I, I think it's because it's their position's ultimately indefensible on the First Amendment points. That, that, that they don't defend it? They, they, they don't actually. They just say, oh, well, you could, you could waive your, your First Amendment right. Okay, that's fine that you think that. But the problem with the First Amendment right is that it's a two-sided right. It's my right to speak and Mark and John's right to hear me speak. So, And I will fight for the right to listen to Kara every day of perfect. the week and twice Love on it. Sunday. But yeah, and so to the extent that in theory maybe I could waive it, I can't waive your First Amendment rights. I can't waive the rights of the press to access my speech. And so all of the, this sort of idea that like you're procedurally barred and you gave it up and and that's okay, it's just so wrong in the First Amendment context, it's like hard to figure out where to start. Um, and I think that when it comes to the actual merits, is this a prior restraint? Yes. They, they ignore the First Amendment merits because they get stuck on the point of like, well, no, you can, you can consent to never speak again. And they don't engage with the First Amendment because they think they know that that on its core is indefensible. It is a prior restraint. Courts have said that. Um, and so, you know, this is giving us an opportunity now that when we challenge this, because it's a final order of the agency, when we go to court and we challenge this, we are actually going to get in the weeds of the merits of this. And it's just the First Amendment issue is completely indefensible. And it's going to be good to finally be in front of a court looking at that issue you know, dead to rights. Yeah, and we're going to be looking at that issue in the Fifth Circuit in the Novinger case here just within mm-hmm. the next week or so, oral argument uh, yeah. in that case at the Fifth Circuit. So the timing is good mm-hmm. from that perspective, too. Peggy is is arguing that case, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, so w- what happens now? What's the next step here, Kara? We've got one minute left. So we, we, have, a, we have 60 days to appeal or to petition for review, as we call it. Um, and essentially, we'll go to a court of appeal and say, hey, look what they did, and uh, we'd like to challenge this. And then those procedures run. I think that what we'll end up being at is like in a generous schedule with getting the administrative record and everything rolling, we'll probably be briefing this sometime in the late spring, um, early uh, summer. I mean, I will say that from doing this as long as we have, and actually some of our, our wonderful you know, allies, warriors in this fight um, were cited by Commissioner Pierce the the groundswell of support to get rid of this among First Amendment folks, people who care about speech, people who care about government transparency, has only gotten bigger over time. And so we hope to have those folks join us when we do the briefing and challenge on this. Absolutely. 
Uh, Kara Rollins, thank you so much for letting our audience know about this uh, gag rule and, and the SEC's actions here. 